0: In the corporate world, they don't necessarily want to know how much you love their event and how many beautiful things there are or gorgeous atmospheres or those type of languages. And what we call those are love languages. You're trying to evoke an emotional connection when talking with your wedding clients. You're building a trusting relationship and this is the most important days of their lives. And so to do that, you want to evoke emotion in the words that you choose. Well, with corporate, it's not necessarily that way. And so when we use those lovey-dovey languages, they're kind of going to get uncomfortable because it's not about that. They want to talk about curation and ideas and logistics and details that revolve around their event and how their event can stand out and be unique based on other corporate events that they've done or that people similar to them have done. And so that's the kind of language that they want to hear Whereas weddings, they wanna hear that love language. They wanna know that you are so excited and that you think that their wedding is gonna be beautiful and all of that. And so with a wedding client, we don't ever refer to it as, well, let's talk about all the ideas and let's talk about the creation and the logistics and your event. No, that's, that's not lovey-dovey enough for them. <laughs> and stick with me here. You need to really kind of build that relationship and pour into your wedding client. Hi there, you're listening to The Render Podcast, a business podcast for creatives. I'm Cam, and I'm a visionary leader who has failed and thrived through small business. I've been in the event industry and am wildly passionate about education for small businesses and teaching others through the mistakes they have made along the way. I hope you leave here refreshed, engaged, and ready to take on your company, making the next right decision. Hey there friend, I am so excited to talk to you more about corporate events. I assume that if you are listening to this episode, you probably are really into weddings and social events and are looking for maybe something different to do. And this episode is all about how to kind of dive into corporate events, and then also to tell you more about some things that you likely will want to know before you start diving into them. So just a quick backstory, we started our rental company in 2012 in Phoenix, Arizona. And when we moved to Dallas, Texas, we um, moved here in 2014. So in 2017, we started doing more events and we started growing in the types of events that we were doing. And we had the opportunity to buy out another rental company. And they were selling as an asset type of purchase. And so we bought out all of their inventory. And with that, they had done about 80% of their business was corporate driven. And so that was kind of the kickstart to how we started getting into corporate events. And it was an incredible time to buy all of that inventory because we essentially doubled our inventory overnight. As we kept going, we grew more into the corporate event kind of realm. And as we started doing that, we had more people reach out and the more product and the more content that we were producing based on the events that we were doing, would kind of put us in the laps of more people who wanted what we were doing. And so we just kept producing content, kept doing whatever it took. And it was kind of crazy, because in 2018, we did about 500 events. Yes, you heard that right, 500 events. And a lot of them were corporate, a lot of them were wedding. Um, it was a great year. It was a stressful year, nonetheless. But it was a great year because we really got to know kind of what we wanted to do. And we really got to know Essentially, the type of business and the type of clients that we wanted to work with, we got to experiment with so many different things. And so we kept going in 2019, we ended up signing a huge deal with a big corporation that wanted to do lots of events. And so it's been an exciting journey in 2018, we bought out another rental company here locally. And so we've had the opportunity to experiment with many different types of ways to do event rentals. And so what I want to teach you here today on this episode is all about corporate and how do you get in the door and how do you um, kind of know what to talk about with them and what pieces in your inventory are you going to want? And so let's just dive right in and figure out what that is. So Let's start off by just saying, you know what, I I understand why you want to broaden your horizons into the corporate world of, of rentals. It is such a fun world when jumping into corporate because they have so many more. One, they have a bigger budget. Two, they have more margin in what they're wanting, meaning they want check-in areas and VIP rooms and breakout sessions and main stage sessions and merchandise areas, and they have so many different areas at their event, which means... You have more opportunity to have rental pieces for those areas. And contrary to popular belief, transitioning into corporate spaces is a lot easier than you might think. I know that a lot of people think, oh my gosh, it's this big world and I'm not ready. But guess what? I think you're ready. And after this episode, you will be totally ready to get into it. We're gonna help you kind of gain the knowledge and the skills and. And as you keep listening to all the episodes that we're producing, you're going to continue adding skills to add to your tool belt so that when you start talking with clients again, that you know what to say and you feel confident when you're speaking to them. So first things first. I think that we need to shift our mindset from small events and weddings to large corporate events. And you are likely listening to this after the COVID-19 hit, which obviously because I'm courting this after that. And so what my belief is when corporate events will come back is I believe they're going to be doing more virtual events this year, which is still a great opportunity to get your foot in the door and to come along alongside them in their probably most stressful season of their lives and of their events that they put on. And then I feel like in 2021, they are going to come back full force. And to be completely honest, I think corporate events are going to be bigger than they ever were because the whole year of 2020, people are working from home and they're not with the people that they typically work with at the office. And so what I am going to presume and based on some conversations with some of our corporate clients, they are looking for in 2021 and 2022 and 2023 and and so far that they're wanting to do massive events when it's safe to do so, because they're not going to be with each other. And so they're creating experiences for their employees and for their clients to actually be in person again, instead of meeting over zoom or having, you know, virtual conferences. And so I know that they will come back right now is the perfect time to kind of learn about corporate terminology and to figure out what that looks like and and understand that. And then figure out how you speak to corporate clients, because there's a different way that you do that. You also are going to want to understand that most corporate clients want results, and they want them super quick. And then they're looking for different payment plans. And so this is a perfect opportunity to get ahead of that. And before corporate comes back full swing, really work on what you want that to look like. And so let's just dive right in. The most important thing is going to be your corporate terminology and and how you speak to your clients. It's interesting. There was a certain time when we were starting into the corporate world. I think it was either right before or right after we bought out that rental company in 2017. We were talking to them. We had, I believe we had a survey that we sent them of like, hey, what are your needs? And on there, I remember precisely it said wedding coordinator or day of contact with a blank, meaning we want you to fill out who that is. And I got a call, gosh, a day or to later after sending this survey or questionnaire to to this client and he asked me he called and he said hey um I got this questionnaire and I love how thorough you guys are being, but you know, have you ever even done a corporate event? Like, do you even understand what we need? Because you put in there wedding coordinator or day of contact, this isn't a wedding. Like, do you even know what you're talking about? Totally question whether we were even qualified to do their corporate event. And of course we kind of had to backtrack and be like, oh no, I'm so sorry. Yes, we do actually do quite often. We do corporate events and very, familiar with those. And this is just a survey that we send to all of our clients, no matter what their event is. And he was like, Oh, okay, cool. We'll still move forward. However, you might want to change that. And so after that, we're like, Okay, we have two separate clients at that time. And we said we had wedding clients, and we had corporate clients, and they need to be talked to differently. In the corporate world, they don't necessarily want to know how much you love their event and how many beautiful things there are or gorgeous atmospheres or those type of languages and what we call those are love languages you're trying to evoke an emotional connection when talking with your wedding clients you're building a trusting relationship and this is the most important days of their lives and so to do that you want to evoke emotion in the words that you choose Well, with corporate, it's not necessarily that way. And so when we use those lovey-dovey languages, they're kind of going to get uncomfortable because it's not about that. They want to talk about curation and ideas and logistics and details that revolve around their event and how their event can stand out and be unique based on other corporate events that they've done or that people similar to them have done. And so that's the kind of language that they want to hear Whereas weddings, they want to hear that love language. They want to know that you are so excited and that you think that their wedding is going to be beautiful and all of that. And so with a wedding client, we don't ever refer to it as, well, let's talk about all the ideas and let's talk about the creation and the logistics and your event. No, that's that's not lovey-dovey enough for them. (laughs) And stick with me here. You need to really kind of build that relationship and pour into your wedding client. But with your corporate client, you're not trying to do that. You just want to talk about how unique their event is and don't ever say it's their wedding or their big day because they will think the same. They will think that you don't know what you're talking about. And so let's take out the lovey-dovey language and put in more corporate terminology. And so While we're talking about the corporate terms and and what to say, I have a few different terms that I think you need to know. And if you're anything like me, you probably want to write some of these down. I write them down either in a notebook or I have Slack with my team. And so I'll just private message myself within Slack and just write these down. And so you're welcome to do the same or you can come back to this. But the first one is going to be your DMC. And you may have heard this term, but you might not know what a DMC actually is. Well, DMC is a destination management company. It's a professional service company with knowledge and expertise and resources, and they do the design and implementation of events. They're similar to like a wedding planner or coordinator, but it's specifically for corporate events or brand activations or things like that. So that is a DMC. A DMC is going to be your lifeline when it comes to what is coming next. And it's going to be your details and everything you need to know about the event. They are your hub for the event. So please lean on those DMCs. And additionally, while we're talking about DMCs, you need to build some relationships with some DMCs in your area and in your uh, city and state. DMCs are typically local to the city and state that the event is coming to. And so, for example, you'll have someone maybe in the UK or in New York or they'll be in China. who Wherever they are, they're going to have this company and they are going to say, hey, we want to have an event in Dallas, Texas or we want to have an event in Chicago, or we want to have an event in LA, or wherever you're going and wherever you're at, the corporate company is going to say, hey, we want to do an event in this location. And then they reach out to DMCs. And typically, this is how it goes. They reach out to a DMC, and another DMC, and another DMC, and they say, hey, we're having an event, we have 5,000 people in attendance, this is generally where we want to have it, or we've already booked a place, this is where it is, we want something that, Is Texas themed, or we want something that is like a night under the stars, or we want something that is, you know, unique to the location that we're at, or whatever the theme is. But they'll say, This is generally our theme, what we want. The DMC will then ask them, hey, what kind of fonts do you want to pull out of your audience? Meaning, do you want them to think this was the best event they've ever gone to? They want it to be an experience or do they want it to be just a place where they get to relax and retreat for a little while? But they'll try to figure out what is the point of the event and why are they coming and what is the feeling they want to evoke? while they're at this event. And so each of these DMCs, the three or four or five that they interview, then they have a period of time. It's usually about a week or so, sometimes two, sometimes three weeks, sometimes even a couple days, depending on the timeline and when the event actually is happening. But they'll have this amount of time and they say, bring us your best ideas. So then those DMCs are then going to reach out to a whole bunch of different vendors and say, hey, I need AV and I need a a studio setup and I need, you know, live stream capabilities and I need technical side, I need a band, I need a DJ, I need rentals and floral and all of these things. So they have all the vendors that they need. And then they put together their ideas. They say, hey, we are going to pitch this to the company. And so I need your quotes. And so here's where you come in. When they ask you for your quote, my best recommendation is that you get back to them within one hour Let me say it again for the people in the back. You need your quote back to your DMCs within one hour of them reaching out. And I know you're going to think and you're going to look at me and say, are you kidding, Cam? I don't think I can get something back within an hour. Well, then I'm going to tell you and I'm going to encourage you figure out how you can figure out the things that you need to do to get that quote to them as soon as possible. And if it's not one hour, make it two, make it four, make it Six hours, whatever it takes, but get it to them before you leave the office or before you shut down your computer for the day. Because what they are thinking is they are already two or three days in to their timeline with this company because they've been curating their ideas and their thoughts around what they want to do for the event. And then now they're reaching out to you and they only have two or three days left until they have to get back to the client or get back to the company that has reached out to them. And then from there, when you get your quote back to them, they then have to import that into their own proposal. And so what this means is that you have to get back to them as soon as possible or they're going to choose someone else. That's the reality. They are going to choose someone else if you do not get back to them as soon as humanly possible. So... Number one thing, if you don't take anything away from this episode except for this one thing, then I will be happy. I want you to make sure that anytime you get a corporate client, reach out. Or even a wedding client for that matter, honestly. But reach out, give them a phone call, say, hey, I'm not at my computer right now, but I will be at 3 p.m. today and I'm going to work on your quote as soon as possible. Whatever it is, communicate with them and get that quote back to them as soon as possible. But that's the deal with DMCs. You want to be friends with your DMCs. All right, the next one is a BEO. What is a BEO? It is a banquet event order. This is kind of a contract or a a list of all the important things that the hotel or the event facilities writes down. And so these are produced by your hotels or by your caterers or by your event venue, wherever you're at. And it's really to ensure that everything's outlined and everything's agreed on by the venue and the event partner. They're the host for the evening and so they wanna make sure all their ducks are in a row. And so you will likely see some BEOs when it comes to the final details because that's gonna be kind of the, the hub of all of the information. Now, as far as payments go, this is important. Your clients who are in the corporate world are going to want ACH types of payments. I didn't know and neither did my team know what ACH actually stood for. We knew what it was, but here it is, it's Automated Clearinghouse. I know that doesn't mean much to you, but it's a computer-based electronic network for Processing transactions between people who have ACH abilities. And so, your software, wherever you are hosting your inventory or your quoting or however you do your business, I would encourage you to look for a software that you can have ACH payments happen and available to you. We use Good Shuffle Pro, and I think it's a great program. They offer ACH through their program for payments, which was one of the biggest selling points for us because. Corporate clients want ACH. Hey there, I wanna tell you a little more about Good Shuffle Pro. This is our inventory tracking system and it has a user-friendly interface, helpful team and robust tracking. Their software is an all online platform for you to use on the go or from your computer. Our clients love it because they can quickly sign contracts and make payments conveniently. You can host your inventory on your website and easily integrate your sales with QuickBooks too. With our code, you can try Good Shuffle Pro for 30 days for free, and their team will guide you through the entire process. Go to pro.goodshuffle.com backslash B-E-R. All right, now back to the episode. Okay, the next couple things that you need to know is there is a difference between retainer and deposit, and this comes in when you're talking with your corporate clients because they're gonna know the difference. Your wedding clients, maybe not, unless they have an attorney or something, but um, it's important to know this regardless of what types of events you're doing. So a retainer is a fee paid in advance and it's just held for your goods and services. Your deposit is a payment towards your goods and services and that's usually returned once the goods and services have been acquired. Make sure that what you're calling your payments, whether it be a retainer or a deposit, is really spelled out and clear. Maybe in your state or in your country or city, that might alter a little bit differently. I would definitely recommend you reach out to an attorney to see what specifically your area needs to kind of focus on. Okay, I mentioned a little bit ago AV, which is audiovisual. it's both the sight and the sound for the event. So it's typically in the form of slides or video or recordings or music or anything like that. And so most of your um, corporate clients who do like big conferences, they're going to have an AV team but they're also going to have a production team, which is the staff who produces and plays these videos and their sounds and any recording or filming that is going on. So your production team, your AV, they're also your back of house, which on a BEO, you'll see this as a term of B-O-H, back of house. And it's just a term that's um, relating to the behind the scenes action that the attendees typically don't see. And if you see them, they're typically have like a headset on or they're dressed in black. They want to be kind of in the background, the behind the scenes. And so, those are all the people that work behind the scenes. You also have a few people who will be kind of on the stages. And so, one is going to be a panel it involves a group of people and they discuss a topic or Um, maybe they have a few different topics or an interview style but a panel is just a group of people so anywhere between two people and your person interviewing them all the way up to uh, I've seen up to like 12 or 15 people on a panel so usually this is going to be at a meeting or a conference or a convention they're typically going to be like a breakout and so a breakout session is also known as like a breakout meeting or a workshop session Um, it's generally a smaller audience and so that is going to be something that is super niche and specific to whatever the topic is. And then you have your keynote speaker. So this is a talk that establishes essentially your theme and your underlying idea that you want your attendees to walk away with. So this is typically given by one person. Sometimes you can have multiple keynotes, or if there is a few different days, you might have a keynote per day. And so this is important to understand because they might need something specific, they may need a sofa or a chair, or they might need a high boy table or something else. And so just understanding how many keynotes and if they have any specific needs, that's important. One more thing when it comes to terms and types of corporate events is a brand activation. And I'll be honest with you, when we were sitting in a client meeting with someone, they just kept talking about brand activation and brand activation this and brand activation that and and Kaylee and I of course, were like nodding and saying, Uh uh-huh, yep, sure, yeah, brand activation. I'm so excited for your brand activation. And as soon as our client left, we were like, okay, what's a brand activation? Here's a brand activation. It refers to a campaign, event, or interaction through your brand, uh, generating awareness and building lasting connections with your target audience. So most brand activations are interactive and it allows a specific type of audience to engage directly with a brand and its product. So a good example of this, and you can go to our website to beautifuleventrentals.com and go to our portfolio. But we did an event for Tulus. care and they reached out to us and they had a brand activation and what it was was they had brand new products that were coming out they had this like under eye stick that they were producing and then they had this like papaya scrub for your face and a couple different new products that they were launching and so they reached out to us to do this brand activation and rented pieces from us so that they could have their attendees and their influencers who are coming to this event to be able to experience and understand what the product was so then those influencers could go and promote it on their marketing accounts. Another example of this and I believe it's on our portfolio as well is a company called Parachute rented a couple things from us so that they could display what it was specifically that they were adding to their store. So that's what a brand activation is. And it's important to know what that term is and have some specific pieces that are for brand activations. So this is going to look like pedestals or display cases. It might be little pedestals that you can put on a table so that elevates certain items. So definitely get familiar with brand activations. A good way to um, produce content so you can attract people who do brand activations is going to be by doing just a simple styled shoot of what it looks like in your eyes with your inventory for brand activations, all right? So we talked about timing for getting your quotes back, but something else to note on the timing is typically corporate brand activations and um, any, any event that is not a social or a wedding event, they're gonna have a shorter time frame for their event. Meaning, a wedding is typically, you know, six months to a year in advance. They're gonna book with you. Sometimes it's four months, but more times than not, a wedding event is going to reach out to you quite a bit of time before their actual day of. Well, with corporate, that timeline is dramatically shrunk. With corporate, we usually get inquiries maybe six weeks before like max six weeks before the hot spot is anywhere from four to two weeks before and then we get a handful of people who reach out honestly all the way up to the day of usually a few days to a couple weeks out from their event and so knowing that this is something that's going to happen if you go into the corporate world is that their timelines are going to be very dramatically shrunk you need to plan your logistics and the information that you need to execute on your end, you need to make sure that you have a timeline in place of like, hey, I need this information so that we can do a good job. So make sure that you understand that the timelines are different and you have the right processes and systems in order to get the information that you need. All right. So we talked about uh, payments. One thing was the ACH, which is what we talked about. But you also may have people who come in and want to have a wire transfer. That could be an option. Most people will pay with credit card, but some will need to do a a check. And so having that conversation before they book with you is important uh, because they want to know specifics before they, you know, go into a contract with you. The other thing that you will likely know and experience when you get in with corporate is that some people are going to want to book with a net 30 or a net 60 terms. And if you're unfamiliar with what that means, it means you still do everything for the event. However, you don't get paid until 30 or 60 days after the event. We have a few hotels that also have a DMC on staff, and so they work with us on that. They say, if you want to work with us, we would love to work with you. However, we have to have net 30 term, and if you can't agree with that, no worries. I understand, but we're gonna have to go with someone else who does do that. So just so you know, before you get into this world, you will need to have a serious conversation with your staff and with yourself in understanding, am I okay with the net 30 terms? And one thing I will mention is with the net 30 terms, there's nothing to be scared about if they like, are they going to pay or are they not going to pay? They're signing a contract. So you're already in an agreement with them. There's nothing to be scared about if they're going to pay or not. You have a contract. That's what it's there for. The only thing is if you have like hard costs that go into the event, you might want to kind of figure out, hey, we'll do a deposit or a retainer with you at 50%. And then your remainder of your balance, that could be net 30. And so when someone comes to you and they say, hey, this is what we need to do, this is the terms, feel free to push back on them a little bit and just say, Hey, I understand why, but would you mind meeting me in the middle and we'll do it this way instead. They will say yes or they'll say no. But every corporate company works differently. No corporate company is the same in their requirements and the terms that they need. Some corporate clients might want to add terms to your contract. Um, And so, of course, connect with an attorney to make sure that that is okay. You may have to sign some contracts of theirs, such as a non-disclosure. We have worked with some pretty high-profile companies and celebrities in the past, and we've had to sign non-disclosures to work with them, which means I can't tell you who we've worked with. And so that might be something that you need to do. And so just having those conversations up front... Hey, is there any special requirements or special payments that you need to make sure are a part of our conversation here? So, some top tips that I have for you to impress those corporate clients is a few different tips. So, the first one is corporate clients love to brand anything and everything with their logos and graphics. They want to put color on everything, they want to put their graphics, they want to put their logos, they want to put anything as much as possible to make that event really pop and you know exactly what event you're at without having to look it up in your program. Things like acrylic or hard plastic where they can attach vinyl is perfect, so think like backdrops or check-in stations, coffee tables, bars, really anything and everything that you can put something like a vinyl graphic or paint is a super great thing. The second tip I have for you is find a great partner to bring those graphics and custom items to life. If you can't produce that in house in your place, then no worries, find a great partner that can and that will work with you. You'll want to know what their timing is of when they need to get that graphic art to you. But figure out what that looks like. They might have a design department. And so if your client just gives you ideas like, hey, we want something that's you know, black and yellow with this logo on it. If they have a design department, even better because then you can have them whip up something to present to your client as well. Make you the expert. Tip number three is being able to create a custom piece, custom order, custom quote, custom rendering, something that makes them feel like you're taking the extra step to work with them. Doing those effectively and timely are also a good thing. Like we've said many times, timing is everything, but have some sort of a software that you can just quickly whip out a custom quote or a custom rendering or something like that as we mentioned before they want your results and your quotes and all that and they probably wanted them yesterday before they even reached out okay the last tip i have for you corporate clients want to see new things and innovative things that catch their eyes and their attendees eyes they want something that is Out of the ordinary they don't want the same thing that everybody else is doing so one being able to paint things or put graphics on them is one thing but also being able to create something completely custom is even better. Earlier in 2020, we had a client reach out and they said they wanted a dining table for their event, but they wanted something different. They didn't want what everybody else was doing, which was linens and farm tables. And so we said, okay, let us think on that for a second. And we came up with a concrete dining table. And so we put those together. We created the dining tables. We had them pay for it. We had them uh, decide exactly what they wanted to look like. And then we worked with one of our in-house people and we put those together. Creating custom new things is such a great thing and your clients are going to love you for that. What things are the most popular, most rented things for corporate clients? Number one, backdrops. They love a good backdrop and something different like we said. They wanna be able to show off their logos, they wanna be able to put custom vinyls on it. And so having multiple different backdrops that they can do things on them is a great thing. The second thing is you're gonna want lounge pieces. Clients love lounges because it brings people in and it allows their attendees to really dine with each other and and have those intentional conversations with each other and so they love those. They love them for breakoffs and workshops, they also love them for panels. A lot of people will have like a private room for either VIP or maybe like a nursing mom's room or something like that and so have some lounge pieces. You will not regret it. Panel chairs are a great thing. Everyone um, that I can think of that we've worked with has done some sort of panel and so having lounge pieces that also work for panel chairs is great. One of the biggest things to know about panel chairs is you want to have something that has a sturdy enough back and then you're gonna want to have commercial grade type of furniture. Meaning you want to have a shorter seat versus like a deep seat because you don't want them to have their feet off the ground. So you'll also want to have something that is not too squishy and it's not too firm, and but it's firm enough to where they're not going to like sink into the chair. The fourth thing that you'll want is like pedestals or things that they can use for multiple things, meaning we have these acrylic pedestals and they can use them as display cases, they can use them as cocktail tables, they can use them many, many different ways. And so having pedestals that you can use in different ways is a great thing. And then the last thing is having plants. Thinking green. So many corporate clients are trying to figure out how they can make their events more green. And so having plants, like actual living plants, and then also some artificial plants is a great way to go. The fake ones um, are easier to travel and then you don't have to replant them every two seconds. But uh, real plants are a great option if they are truly wanting to have some sort of a green aspect to their event. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. If you've lasted this long, I have created a free guide for you to pivot from weddings to corporate events. It's a free guide. All you have to do is click on the link in our show notes or on our blog, go to beautifullevidentals.com backslash 13, which is the number of this episode. So we have this free guide, we've put it together. It has every single detail that you need to know about corporate events. So go check it out. We'd love for you to participate in that. But otherwise, thanks for joining in friend. All right, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I'm so excited that you tuned in to learn all about corporate events. I will say that we have just recently changed when we are doing our Instagram live and it's now going to be on Fridays at 12 p.m. Central Standard Time. And so if you've enjoyed this episode, if you've learned anything, gather whatever questions you have and you want to expand on this episode and ask us in our Instagram live. You can go to Instagram and go to at the render podcast and give us a follow there and it'll remind you when we go live. So we cannot wait to see you there.